Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the second annual Halloween Screamathon, aka Halloweeny Screamathoni. Uh, thank you, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is episode three. And Katie and I, uh, this was a Katie pick. So, yep. um, I divvied up some of the selections. It's not just me, so it's not going to be just like eyeballs exploding and, and faces and stuff. Some of them will be a Which little I'm more okay down tempo. Some of them will be fucking hardcore. Like, there's a Zoom one at some point. Like, host. Good. Yeah, that's a lot. Fucking, that's good. fucking good. Uh, there's another one I watched a while ago, and I'm thinking I'm going to watch It's going to be a by myself one called Terrifier. You will not like it. <laughs> it's he saw someone in half upside down and they just it's a fucking mess it's a clown that just I don't have a problem kills people. With I mean hey if you want to watch Terrify it bothered me so I don't think you're going to have a good time <laughs> I'm trying to save you save from yourself oh, I was like god damn okay. I like frowned watching I was like shit man but people were like it's good I was like god damn I'm like this okay. is bad I was like eating a fucking scone and Bella's like in my oh, lap I'm like well, that was a mistake I'm like god damn what is this is a smart film. I was like looking at the sky like someone's <laughs> watching me. I was like, God damn. So um, this was a Katie uh, pick. And and I'll give everyone one guess as to why I chose this movie. Because <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe hangs dong in it. He actually doesn't. I actually don't care about him hanging dong. That's not a thing I want to see. I know. <laughs> Other pe- there are people out here that were like, please hang dong. Gross. Um, so I've seen this cover on Netflix and other things for forever. Yeah, same. But uh, Katie... I've uh, been wanting to watch this film since it came out and just have never gotten around yeah. to it. So Katie picked Horns. Because the description says horror. So that's yeah. why it, it, we're throwing it in. It was. It, it's a horror film. It's Horror-ish. It, it's low-grade horror. It, there terrifying things happen in it. I felt like this, like by the end of it... I felt like this was more of a like murder mystery movie yes. than it was a horror film. Like True. The, I don't know. But it was good. Yeah. So, uh, this movie came out October 6th, 2014. The director, I'm going to say some names and I want you to try to remember try where to they Try to associate them yeah. with something else? Okay. So, the director Jesus. is Alexandra Aha. You know what that person did? No. The Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> High Tension. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The the one with that dude that looked like Trump when he came in that house and was just like stabbing oh, people up. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Those are the two movies he's That's done. That's what that movie was. Yeah. There's one more that. Uh, fuck. I couldn't remember the name of that film, and in my head, I like I can picture it, but okay. Yeah. There's one more that we haven't watched. It's called Crawl. That one's like French, right? Yeah. Okay. It's a French ass name. Uh, there's one more we haven't done, so I'm gonna check it out and might as well just finish the fucking quad fact. We'll watch crawl. Album. That's fine. The, but this one was the least like horrific. High yes, tension, high tension was well a because lot. The, I, they're very tensiony. The main reason is why it wasn't so hardcore like his other films were. It's because it's actually based on a book called Horns, Horns. <laughs> written by Joe Hill. You know that name? No. You know who his dad is? Hank. Stephen fucking King. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Joe Hill, uh, he changed his name because he didn't want to get that that uh, that Stephen King like rub instantly. They're like, oh, you Stephen King's kid? Oh, this movie's this book's already good. Yeah, fuck it, bestseller. He's like, no, I don't want that. I want to be like people be like, this is great. You're a lot like Stephen King. He's like, that's my fucking dad. They're like, oh. And so, huh. this is one of his like uh, books, like uh, Nosferatu. It's a show. F- yes, Nosferatu. For, uh, yes. Yeah. 
the numbers. Sleeping Beauties. He did that actually with his dad. So um, he's done That's things. That's weird. I didn't. I wouldn't have expected this. I would not say that this fits the Stephen King. Oh, towards the end, for me, there are points that it's like, oh, this is. I can smell Stephen King on this. Well, you've read a lot more of his yeah. work than I have. Stephen King is mean to his characters. <laughs> yeah. He's very mean to them. Well, uh, yeah, no one gets a happy ending in a Stephen King novel. Exactly. <laughs> the bad guy dies, but everyone else dies too. It's a very depressing story, but that's it's all, real. That's Stephen King's But story. it's real. It's like, you know, no one's going to like walk off into the sunset like we did it. La la la. And walk. I'm like, nah, man, you're going to lose like a fucking arm or a leg doing this shit. So, uh, before we get really deep into it, uh, we'll just tell you like a main idea. Uh, Harry Potter, um, Daniel. Dan Rad. Dan Rad. He, that this town 100% believes that he murdered his girlfriend. And, you know, and so he's trying to find the killer. And he's trying to figure out what happened. Yes, but then later on he wants to find the person that did it. Yes. All the while, he grows a set of horns, which give him the power to learn people's, like, dark secrets. People just tell him things. Yeah. And then he can kind of suggest them to can, do stuff. Yeah. He can't control them necessarily, but he can kind of point them in a bad direction. Right? It's like, like hey, you should walk into traffic. And right? Like, it's like, I right. kind of want to slap this kid. They're like, well, do it. And then they do it. It's like, it's things that they want to do or they would have done. But it's yeah. like, common sense is like, don't do that. That's bad. He's like, nah, The, the horns kind of give him the power to control everyone else's yeah. thoughts. And so he's uh, on a warpath trying to find a person that murdered his girlfriend and... Figure that out. him, basically. Yeah. Uh, a pretty cool story. Uh, I liked it a lot. Um, it's a thumbs up. It's not scary, like Katie said. It's not scary, but it's... it's I a, enjoyed it. It's a it. good movie, but if you're looking for a horror film, I would not suggest this movie. If you're looking for, like, a drama, murder, mystery, like, whodunit kind of situation, yeah. definitely check this movie out. But it's not a horror film. I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't put it in that category like Netflix does. Well, I mean, horror is very broad. It's so horror is so broad. So it, it's it's different types of horror. Like, oh, it's comedy horror. So I'm like, oh, which one is it more of? Comedy. I'm like, okay, it's spooky because it's fucking Halloween. Is that why it's horror? Yeah, exactly. Because there's a pumpkin in the back of the scene of one of exactly. the Exactly. Hotel Transylvania. That's it's horror. horror. It's, it's fucking comedy horror. But it's horror still because the themes. So, uh, like I said, it's very broad, but I liked it. And it's got the spooky theme. So I told my friends, a lot of people were like, hey, is there a type of movie I need to pick for this Halloween thing? I was like, no. Spooky adjacent works. Broad horror. Hell, I did what we do in the shadows. You know how scary that fucking is? Yeah, you know how funny... How scary fucking vampires that aren't really good at being vampires is? It's not scary at all. Also, Hocus Pocus is like yeah. the least scary Halloween movie yeah. that exists. But almost. it's spooky adjacent, and it's Didn't something. Did we do a Nightmare Before Christmas last year too? No, it was a Christmas one. You did it in Christmas. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, but it still could have worked. Yeah, Stays same shit. It could have yeah. gone for both. So uh, this was one of the ones. It's, it's spooky adjacent because yeah. it's pretty spooky, like fucking horns and just demonic stuff. It, stuff gets it's like going. Like Beetlejuice. Yeah, honestly, yeah. So, um, it's a thumbs up for me. Yeah, it was, I liked it, was it a solid lot. movie. Not scary at all, but I liked it. And in knowing the writer and how it goes, I'm like, this, this is a Stephen King story, honestly. Makes like, sense why there were children in it. Yeah, it, it's, fucking, it's a Stephen King story. So, I enjoyed it just because it's like, oh, this is in the oh, same look, vein of... Oh, we're getting a, a flashback. Yeah, it's the same vein of a lot of things that I like to read already. A flashback so. to 13-year-olds must be a Stephen King film. Yeah, right. Or... <laughs> 
No, he he likes doing that, man. Innocence, man. It's it's, it's a good thing to to go against. Uh, so, what do you think about the movie? As you drink some water, I thought it was really good. I liked it a lot. Um, it's still, and I think this will forever be the case for me. Jarring to hear Dan Rad speak English, like American English, rather than British English. Um, he's really good at it, but there were points in this film where I was like, Ooh, "That's weird." Like, yeah, he he would just say something like really fast or say like a bunch of words all together, um, really quickly. And it's not that his British ever came out, but it was just like not quite right. Yeah, like American English. It was it it was weird. I don't know. I think he did a really great job though. Like his his accent was great. The, it's it was just hard for me to like. It's hard for me to disassociate him from his normal accent. Yeah. Because we've watched him grow up for now 20 years. Like, I've watched him for 20 years now just with his normal speaking voice. To, so to see him in anything where he's speaking American English is kind of hard to deal with. There are a few actors out there that every time I hear their real voice, like Hugh Laurie, when you hear Hugh Laurie talk, he's English as fuck. And it's like, I forget because you hear House and he's just an asshole. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my god, you're crazy English. But the one that always gets me is the uh, hero from Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Bob Hoskins. Oh, Bob Hoskins. He is English as fuck. Yeah. When you hear him talk, talk. And in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, he is like just a normal, mean American man. And I'm like, oh my god, you are so British. And it's so cool to hear. For me, the one that does it for me is um, a lot of Australian actors, actually. Mm-hmm. So whenever, um, I mean, Chris Hemsworth kind of keeps his Australian accent a lot of time, but yeah. a lot of the time. But when he does English, uh, like American English, it is kind of jarring. Um, Hugh Jackman, like yes. he does an American accent, all, like a lot of the time. So when he speaks his normal uh, Australian accent, it's kind of it's weird. Um, and there's another person from Australia that does the same thing. Or maybe not Australia. Where Mel is, Gibson. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever heard Mel Gibson's normal voice. I think in the first Mad Max movie he does Because I only accent. know, like, all the films that I watched growing up of him, he was speaking in either an American accent or a different country's accent that was not Australia. When like people Braveheart, make- he was, like, in, on a Scottish type yeah. accent when people make like, fun of him they usually make him australian when it's yeah. always sunny when they did their oh, lethal yeah. weapon movie he talked australian yeah. when they were making fun of him there's another person who when he speaks uh tom hardy i think he yeah he has some type of he's accent. british i think i don't know there's a bunch of people because everyone is good at american accents except for or everyone's good at American accents. Americans are good at no accents. No, we suck. Fucking um, Andrew Garfield. The first time I saw, I heard his real voice because I the first time I really saw him was in Spider Man, and he was speaking normal American English. When I saw him on Doctor Who, like I don't know, a year after the first Spider Man movie he was in, or whatever, whenever that, whenever I ended up seeing that episode, I was freaked the fuck out. Yeah. I did not realize he was British. Yeah, it's, it's a weird feeling. Okay, but uh, it seems like that it's... that was a big <laughs> tangent on voices. Yeah, talking about all those cute people with their voices. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it seems like it's it's a good thumbs up from both of us. But it's spooky adjacent, so yes, you'll you'll be fine watching it. So, yes. um, so we'll break the seal off of this. So, uh, this movie, it honestly, it's kind of not a lot. There's not a lot to it. Yeah, I was trying to figure out the right way to say it. So there's not a lot of characters. There's like. Six or seven people in the whole film. Yeah, they go back in time and explain all the relationships that... His name is... uh, Ignatius. Ignatius, which means I think it's some type of fire. Which is actually really funny because one of the uh, brothers from the Deathly Hollows is named Ignatius. Yeah. Like one of the three brothers from Harry Potter from from the Deathly Hollows story... Is Ignatius. Like, the one who he gets, I think, the cloak from, the one he's directly descended from is Ignatius. <laughs> so, that's pretty fucking funny. Yeah. So, everybody calls him Ig or Iggy. And so, uh, he, like we said, he wakes up, horns are starting to form on his head, and he's trying to just work out what the fuck's happening because uh, reporters are following him because they're like, hey, why'd you kill that, kill that girl? And he's getting pissed about that. His family are protecting him. And there's situations happening everywhere. Uh, little by little, because of horns, everybody's just spilling secrets and stuff. Uh, his parents, his mom is like, I don't really like you. I, I wish you weren't my kid. Like, go yeah. the fuck away. And then he finds out that his dad had someone at uh, some place with evidence that probably could have... Some friend of a friend. Could have helped him. He, like, paid him off and had him just burn the place down. And it's like, that could have helped me, man. And it's like, nope. He's like, I got to protect you. You, you know, you're my kid, but you're really hard to deal with. And it's like, why can't you be like your brother, the one that actually plays music like me? And it's just, he, he's like the fuck-up kid in the family. And it's a shame. So everyone loves the other people. And so little by little, he's starting to learn the power. He can control snakes. And so he has them rolling around. And so he's threading this path back to the real story. And this waitress is like, oh, yeah, I saw him, like, grab the girl. And he was mad. And he said he was going to rape her and kill her and all this stuff. And she's lying because she just wants to get famous and get out of this shitty town. She wants to get famous as the star witness of the trial. And so it's an absolute mess. Towards the end, um, he... Oh, he gets another power. So when he touches someone like with his hands, he can see their secrets. And yeah, he can see their thoughts basically. And so uh, one of his close. This is actually a trope that happens a lot in scary-ish films and shows. Like this happens in Supernatural all oh, the time. Yeah. And there's Everybody a bunch of see. other. There's a bunch of other um, shows and movies I've seen where people just like touch someone and can feel. Or, like, have immediate flashbacks in their own mind and visions in their own mind about what that person is thinking about or what, oh, yeah. whatever they're trying to repress. So. Oh, yeah. So, uh, he has a couple of friends who are helping him out. His buddy Lee is a lawyer, and he's trying to get him through this whole situation. Um, His brother, Terry, is trying yeah. to help him, but he's kind of super drugged out because he's in a band. Yeah. And so, you find out at a certain point... Um, because Terry couldn't see his horns, and cer- certain people can't really see. No, no. Uh, Lee. Lee, sorry. Uh, Lee can't see the horns, and he find out that he's wearing his dead girlfriend's cross, cross like necklace. And so he's like, why do you have this? And he's like, oh. She and, gave it to me. Yeah. And so 
with the cross off of him, Lee is like, why do you have horns? And he's like, oh, you can see him now. He's like, well, I need, there's some things I need to know. I need some fucking answers. And so touches her and he finds out that he's always loved his girlfriend. Marin. Marin. Lee has always been in love with Marin. Yeah. And so uh, Lee just has this idea in his head. He's like, yeah, she's supposed to be with me. She loves me, but you're just in the way. And so uh, when she breaks up with Ig, Ig, because of reasons we'll get to later, he's like, hey, here's my chance. And so she runs off into the woods because she's just having having a day. And so he follows her and he's like, well, it's fine. You know, we can be together now. Now we can be together. And she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, it's like, I love Ig, like more than anything. It's like, we're not, this isn't happening. He's like, no, it's going to happen. But I love you forever. And he gets mad and then he beats her up and rapes her. And then he smashes her head in with a rock. So he is the killer, Lee. His buddy trying to keep him out of jail, quotation mark. He's like, you're probably going to go down. I'm going to make sure. So he is the killer. And so Lee gets away and then all these things happen. He talks to Marin's dad and he finds out that Marin had breast cancer, just like her mom. And so uh, Marin didn't want Ig to go through the same like trauma that her dad had to go through. And so she mom. broke up with him before it started to get bad. And yeah. so. So then there's like a bunch of fight scenes, basically Con- confrontation scenes and fight scenes between um, Ig and Lee trying to figure out the truth, trying to get to the truth. And yeah, it's good. It culminates in all the friends kind of ending up in the woods where Marin was found. And Yeah, and then uh, Ig finally gets his revenge. He takes a lot of hits doing yep. it. And but it's cool because yeah, he, he likes horns for a reason. Yeah, he gores him with one of the horns and then he gets snakes to surround him and smush him, Lee. And then a snake goes into his throat and just chokes him out from the inside. I'm like, it's good stuff. He finally gets his revenge. But then Ig dies from his injuries. And honestly, his job is done. Yeah. So. And then he lived happily ever after in the afterlife. Yeah. So there were some differences from this in the book uh, that I checked out. Uh, The treehouse where they hung out as kids. So that treehouse had some type of power there. And so you find out the day, the night before he got the horns, he went to the treehouse and was there because he was sad. And that's a place where he was with his girlfriend and he was trying to burn it down because he's like, fuck this place, you know, all these memories and stuff. Oh, well, that's that kind of happened in the movie. He didn't try to burn it down, but he was there. Yeah. And so you find out that that treehouse gives him what he needs because apparently someone wrote somewhere in the treehouse, like, take what you need. And leave it what you got. Something like that. It's like, hey, we'll we'll help you. Yeah. So and, someone put some protection get you going. something and on so it. And yeah. so that's why he got horns. They're like, well, these will help you get find out what you need about, you know, oh, all this stuff. Oh, okay. Because that's literally one of my seven words is like, but these horns never got an explanation. Yes. So, um, that makes sense. Okay. So they explain it in the book, but they did not explain it in this yeah. movie. So I guess they didn't want to go with that deep of it. It's like, oh, that treehouse is magic. So, but that's 100% a Stephen King thing. It's like this little spot right here is good yeah. or even bad, honestly. It's like, it will help you do what you got to do. But when it's over and when the job's done, like Cinderella, midnight hits, man, oh, you done, buddy. Your buddy fucked up. But hey, you saved the day, I guess, yeah. kind of. Yeah. But now you get eye. And so in the book, he actually survives. Well, yeah, he probably put that cross back on. 
Yeah, and so what happens is uh, he tells his brother to leave. No one's going to 100% believe the story, but he's the only one alive. So he's like, oh, that dude went crazy, and he said he killed her. And then our cop friend tried to stop him, and he died. And I got shot, and Ig is dead, with his body somewhere. And so this whole situation, and Ig climbs up the treehouse, and then when he gets to the top, there's a wedding. Him and Marin, they're going to get married. And so he just died. He goes wherever, because... He just wants to be with her. That's his thing. So he's like... I mean, that's kind of what happens in this movie. Yeah. He's like, hey, you're up here in the treehouse. He she's dies like, yeah. and then they get to live Yeah, and she's like, well, let's get married. Together. He's like, rock on. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. And so I guess he dies. So, um, yeah, this is 100% like a Stephen King story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, the only difference was that they waited until they were adults to have sex. Yeah, actually. Good job, Joe Hill. Good job. <laughs> Way to uh, step it up. Right. So, no, this is good. So, who's your favorite character in the movie? Uh, so, I had two. Um, I loved Iggy's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard not to. Um, he's the main character, and you're rooting for him the whole time. Because you don't want to believe that he's the one who murdered his girlfriend. Because the little bit of them you get to see it before you really find out, you know, the whole murder and everything that happened. Um, you don't want to believe that it's true. And as the rest of the story unfolds, you only end up liking him more and more. Like, he gets more and more upset at the real world and all these fuckwads who are just, like, getting, trying to get to him, to use him, you know, to cover up what actually happened, to trying to do all these dumb things. Like, the reporter's trying to fuck with him and his parents just being assholes. It's like, Everyone is against him, basically, but you really want to root for him. And it's Daniel Radcliffe, so that didn't hurt his, you know, thing. And then Marin as well. Um, yeah, she was cool. She was a really good character. There was a moment where, there's a few moments towards the end where her character, it seemed, seemingly, her character is a total bitch. Um you know, when she's trying to hide the fact that she has cancer and gives the excuse, like, you know, I'm not in love with you anymore. I'm going to go to L.A. on all this bullshit. Like, that's, like, the only time in the movie where you're like, man, fuck you. But <laughs> then when you find out um, what her real reasoning is, um, you know, a few minutes later, it completely, you go back to really liking her character because she was pretty awesome the whole time. That she, I mean, she's not in this film a lot because she is the murder victim, but it's good. I liked her a lot. Uh, yeah, so 100%. Uh, Ig was cool. Uh, he wasn't likable at first. Like, he, and the way he said about the whole town, he's like, this town can go suck a butt. You know, mm-hmm. I just love her. That's the only thing I care about. And I like characters like that. And he's like, hey, I'm not trying to make friends here. I don't give a shit. And so. He's trying to take care of his problem. People are following him, trying to get him to say stuff. And he's like, I just need to figure this out. Uh, he was really cool. I liked him a lot. And it's cool to see Daniel Redcliffe, you know, doing something different. Even though, you know, people like to make those jokes about Harry Potter and stuff. But he did really good. It was yeah. Cool. Uh, who's your least favorite character? And we're probably going to say the same one so you yeah. can just finish it up. Lee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so in Stephen King's stories, uh, that's probably one of my biggest things I it's hard to appreciate his villains because uh, usually they have like no real reason why they're bad. Like Pennywise is really cool because he's like, I'm like a guy. I'm a fucking demon, you know? Yeah. And so he's like, I've been doing this forever. You know, I eat children and eat their souls. They're good. And this is my thing, you know? 
And it's really cool that there's a chapter, I think I told you, there's a chapter when they're adults and they come back down there to fight it and they hit him and he's like, God damn, this hurts. And they did it before. And he's like, I'm kind of scared they're going to win this time. And yeah. it's cool to see him like, wow, he's really bothered because these dudes are beating his ass. Yeah. Um, some of his villains are amazing. And some stories, it's just like some crazy killer guy. And that's yeah. kind of it. And I felt like with Lee... In the book, they explain Lee. Um, so he had an injury when he was a kid, and he got like some like staff pitchfork, something sharp impaled him, and he got some brain damage. Oh, and so, so they switched it for the movie. Parts the of it, bombs. yeah. So things happen to him, so he's not right in the head. And usually, some of the villains in Stephen okay. King's stories are just not like right psychos, in the head. Yeah. yeah, and it's like that's why he's bad. He just doesn't think he's doing wrong right now, and it's like. I want to yeah. be with her. She don't want to be with me. Fuck it, I'll kill her. You know? And so, yeah. So, Lee was, yeah, he was a mess. I didn't really like him. I didn't. He wasn't my least favorite character until he rapes and murders her. Like, until the shoe drops and you find out that he fucking raped and murdered her. And honestly, even if, if he just murdered her, like, on accident, like, you know, not bashed her head in with a rock, but, like, went to grab her arm or something, and she slipped in the mud and hit her head. Yeah. Like, if it was an accident like that, he wouldn't have been my least favorite character. Like, it would have been the cop friend. Yeah. Um, But because he fucking tried, or because he fucking raped her, that was it. Like, rapists are the fucking worst. Like, just like I said a while back when we were talking about... um. Jesus. Hills movies, movies with Nazis. No, movies oh. with Nazis. Uh, I will... Oh, in Captain America stuff, when we were talking about that last month, whenever fucking there are Nazis on the mo- in the movie, those will be my least favorite characters. No matter what. not It's going to be Nazis. In horror films or dramas or whatever, you know, movies that don't have Nazis in them, rapists will always be my no. least favorite character. Like... It, like, we were just talking about fucking It, because, you know, this is Stephen King's son's doing. Um, That character, the clown, is scary, and he's a bad guy. But he doesn't rape anybody, so he's, like, not necessarily in contention for my least favorite character. Mm -hmm. And honestly, in those movies, he's not my least favorite character. I actually really like him as a bad guy. But the second you're, like... Nope, I'm going to take what's mine and just fucking rape a girl or a guy. Like, you're done. Rape is horrible. Oh, yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it's bad. And and it's just one of those things in the stories. And I keep going back to it because I've seen it so many times, Stephen King stories. A lot of his bad guys, they'll do something so long ago and get away with it. Blatantly get away with it. And no one's going to catch them. And then they finally get what's coming to them. But usually... They don't get prison time. They just get. They just die, and sometimes they yeah. die. It's not even the bad guy, the good guy doing it. Sometimes the good guy will die, and they're like, "Oh, I got away." And then something like karma, something will happen, and then they die, just like um the lovely bones. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, yeah, and that- I don't know what happened in that story in the book because I read, I watched the movie, and then later read that there was a bunch of problems with the movie, and it wasn't. 
necessarily anything like the book. Yeah. Well, they they the had to change some stuff. The people who liked the book didn't yeah. like the movie because it was so different. Yeah. They so had to change some stuff. That that book's kind of hardcore. Well, like, that movie was kind of hardcore. Yeah. They had to change some things, but in the end, the fucker gets away. Yeah. Like Mark Wahlberg, like everybody's like, stop trying to stop him, and he's like, that's the killer, you know. But he gets peace from it because he at least stops the guy and he gets away. But then. He's like trying to hit on some girl and some thing slips in ice and it gets an icicle to the fucking eye and dies. Ah, uh-uh, bitch. And so, I remember that about and the then, movie. And then they say like it's the spirit finally found a moment to get him and then he dies. And he dies by himself and the ice and just bleeds out. And it's like that's probably the worst way for him to go out. He's like no one can save him. He's slowly dying out. And I'm like. That's not the worst way. I know. I know. But just. No, I know. I'm saying that the, the idea that a person dying like alone like a bad guy like that dying alone that's not the worst way that they could go out honestly that's the worst way for the reader to see that person go out yeah. like more accurately yeah but in like, a lot of these types you of stories you want to see that person get just like yeah you want to see the good guys in the story get justice on the bad guy who did yeah all that shit. but that's the kind of realistic thing of it and like i said at the beginning not everybody's walking out to the sunset and high-fiving and freeze frame that doesn't happen in real life you know sometimes bad guys get away with stuff and then years later, someone finds something and catches them finally. That's that's life, yeah. sadly. So, um, let me see. We did that. We did that. Uh, seven word synopsis. Let me go first. Mine aren't that good. Uh, uh, my first one is, damn, Harry Potter got tough and demonic. So I did it. I broke the seal on that. Mm-hmm. And then my second one is, story written by King's son, everybody dying. So, yeah. That's... that's uh, I'll always bring up The Stand. It's one of my favorite Stephen King stories. Uh, he killed so many of his main characters for no fucking reason. And it's like, man, too many of them. Fuck. You know, but I'm glad that Sam Cullen, he didn't die. The Tom Cullen, he was the, uh, the soft-headed, lovable scamp that spelled everything M-O-O-N. I'm glad he didn't die because I would have thrown that book at the wall. But, uh, yeah, those are my two. Katie's counting over here. Oh, I was trying to come up with one, but it, 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 I couldn't make it into seven, so it's fine. Okay, I've only got one because I said my other one about the horns earlier. Um, Danrad speaks parcel tongue. I've seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie had a lot of similarities. Well, not even similarities. Um, a Oh, an odd number of callbacks to Harry Potter, yeah. even though um, Danren has tried his hardest to stay away from films that have any semblance of Harry Potter. He's avoiding it as much as he can because he's trying to make himself um, known for other things besides Harry Potter. You it's know, tough for child actors. He's an adult now. I mean, he's making his way as an adult. He's crushing it, but... It's hard to get away from the Harry Potter thing. Like, we've referenced Harry Potter a bunch of times already in this podcast because that's what he's known as. Um, So it's weird to me that in doing all of that to try and get away from the Harry Potter shtick, he would be in a movie where he fucking, like, controls snakes, which is one of the things that Harry Potter does in the fucking stories, and is named Ignatius... Which is his fucking, like, the descendant, like, of the last story. Like, that's who he is. Like, 
The ties that can be made to Harry Potter from this film is just shocking that he would choose to be in this film. Well, I mean, it's it's based on a Joe Hill novel, so it's kind of Joe Hill's fault. If yes, anything, yeah, pops it's up. weird. It's weird that Daniel Radcliffe specifically agreed to be in this film, or that wanted to be in this film, because it there are those t- parallels to Harry yeah. Potter, like oh, yeah. he, because but, he's tried so hard to get away from it. But that's but. gonna be so tough for him because it's such a big thing that happened in a lot of people's lives. That yeah. I mean, he's not completely against it, so I mean, he's gonna come back for it when, whenever they get to around to doing the nineteen years later thing, or the post, not not necessarily nineteen years later, but Cursed Child, he's willing to be in it. Eyes are just rolling up into the fucking back of my head. Why? Did you read Cursed Child? No, this extended stuff is. I don't know, man. That second. Fantastic Beast. It's not even Fantastic, fantastic. Beast. We're not talking about that. That is not I'm talking about Harry Potter specifically, a Cursed Child. I know. As a whole separate thing. That's I hope I'm not talking about the newt. I, I'll stuff. read it at some point. I hope it's good. It's just I don't know, man. She's a mess. She is. She's so, it's it's fucking depressing yeah, what she, she, she is she's, doing she's, to She's bothering me with her like extended universe well, things. Well she's bothering me what she's doing to her. Oh, that's Just a no. That's a no. Duh. Who she is? Yeah, that's a no like, brainer right there. Her fucking stance on trans rights is killing me. Yeah, like, well, not killing me, but it's gonna put it's putting people's lives in danger, and she's a fucking horrible person for doing that, and it sucks because she's trampling on. Well, she's she's ruining what Harry Potter is for a lot of people, mm-hmm. and what Harry Potter has been for a lot of people. And it sucks. Yeah, it's an absolute mess. Okay, so for horns, uh, horns. I don't know why I said it like that. I don't that. know why you said it like <laughs> that. Uh, I looked online. This one's a weird one. Uh, there was no real budget I could find. How the fuck? I'm going to Google it. Yeah, go ahead and Google it. Uh, I'll talk about something real quick. <laughs> or I just won't say anything. <laughs> It'll just cut it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I couldn't actually find a budget online. I will say I didn't look that hard because I don't really care as much. But um, it kind of makes sense. like Because it came out, uh, what, a Toronto International Film Festival. And so it might be because it was so small scale that they didn't... Yeah, the film was released in North America in the United Kingdom October 31st, actually. And then... The movie was made vi- di- via digital download October 6th. So you get online first, and then they released it in theaters later. Um, it came out on DVD and Blu-ray. It's so weird the way it was like delivered. Yeah, I can't find anything. That's yeah. weird. I looked at the numbers, like the specifically the numbers website that has all the different film stuff and yeah. i can't find anything about it just it. maybe they didn't expect to put this out into the world but then it was like everybody at probably at the film festival was like this is fucking amazing he's like oh and then you know the people that have money they're like yeah we'll put this out for a while and then cool and then it was digital download so it's just weird that they wouldn't include the budget yeah like somewhere it, it they just probably didn't give a shit there are a couple of movies, like, even newer things, it's just like, eh, does it matter? You know? But for people like us, they're like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> we talk about it every week. But, uh, 
So how much do you think the uh, box office was for Horns? Mm, $5 million. 3.9. That's so, not a lot. No. It's very low, considering his film right before this, I think, was Woman in Black, where he made hella money. Yeah, so people online and critics and stuff, they liked it. They gave it a positive review. Uh, some of them said that it was kind of a jumble, just tonally, because of the whole horror comedy and kind of drama feel to it. They were like, it feels like this wants to be just like a supernatural, like black comedy, but then the tone gets really, 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 really hardcore towards the end, like, you know, the rape and the murder and all that stuff. Yeah. It's like, what type of movie is this? Because it just changes. I felt like this was a paranormal murder mystery. Yeah, I mean, it's... Not really a horror. Like, there wasn't a, a big aspect of horror. Like, I don't know. There was only one, the one murder, really, or well, the two by the end of it, but I don't know. Not as bad as it def- as it definitely could have been. Yeah, and I'm actually surprised it didn't make a ton of money. It was rated R, so it probably slowed down some people from watching it. But all these fans were older, but I don't know. Is this when I saw it come out and they were like, he's in this movie called Horns. Um, I didn't dig that deep into it. I knew at some point I was going to watch it because just, you know, it looked all right. But I just never got into it, and I think a lot of people did that. They were like, oh, I'll check it out at some point. Well, I think, and I'm going to stereotype here, um, a lot of Daniel Radcliffe's fans at the time that this movie came out were females, um, Harry Potter fans. And this movie, the way that it was cut in trailers and presented seemed like it was going to be an intense horror film. Mm-hmm. Or like a real horror film, and I think that had to do had a lot to do with why it didn't have a huge box office. True, because like people want to see what their favorite stars are doing, but if it's in a genre that they don't necessarily like, they're not going to go see that film. That's like, true. Women in Black did really well because it was legitimately scary, but this film there wasn't enough about it. I think to really entice. A lot of people who weren't super Danrad fans to go see it. And then the super fans that would have gone and seen it didn't want to see it because it was horror necessarily. So I think it's kind of, it was in a weird spot. This is a weird movie for him. Yeah. So uh, do you have anything else to say about Horns? Uh, no, it was really good. I I will say I really liked whoever did the makeup for this film. Oh, it was great. Uh, they did a really good job and whatever they used or... The there are several points in this movie where he tries to get rid of the horns or someone grabs him by the horns or something. There's like something pulling on the horns and whatever they did to make that happen um, realistically, like look realistic without those prosthetic horns falling off of his head. Were, that was fucking great. Yeah. Like they crushed it. And then um, the wings were really cool. Yeah. And... Uh, that whole scene at the end was very um, reminiscent of Supernatural. Like, that same shit with the wings and the catching on fire and all of that. Like, that happens in Supernatural. So, that was pretty fucking cool. Um, yeah. No. I felt like this was just a long episode of Supernatural, honestly. <laughs> without yeah. the Winchesters. It was, it was a pretty sweet story. Like like I said, I, I could just taste the Stephen King in the air. So, I was like, I like it, you know? Yeah. It would have been a really sweet 
like short story in one of his collections, you know. It's like, yeah, it's called Horns. I'm like, ooh. And it's like, yeah, this person's looking for his like girlfriend's killer and he can like he has all these powers. I'm like, that's a sweet ass short story. The I flashbacks to them being children should have completely given it away that it was Stephen King adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> like they were thirteen. They fell in love. They did some dumb shit. Like he was went naked down a log chute, like that's only some dumb shit that would be in a Stephen King film. Oh, yeah. Like, why do kids gotta get naked in your films? Like, what is that about? I don't know. Kids usually get naked a lot. Not 13-year-olds? And all of, and all of his films are, like, 13-year-olds. They're not teen, like, later teens that are, like, straight horny as fuck and, like, you know. I don't know. Butts and wieners are funny. I guess. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yes. Because uh, super orgies... Super orgies between 13-year-olds. That's real funny. I didn't laugh at that. Okay, Bella. I'm sorry. Our cat's just, like, in the hallway screaming. What is happening? Bella. Come here, baby. Okay. So, uh, I don't have anything else for horns. So it was good. Go watch it. If you want to tweet us any other Daniel Radcliffe fun facts, you can tweet us at... AllentownPod. We have an email. It is... AllentownPresents at gmail.com. Our Facebook is... AllentownPresents. Uh, our... Art, our illustrator that helped out make the cover with our awesome Salty Terrell is... Estudio Fitas on Instagram. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, no, this is great. And, like, you know, we're in October. Every day is going to be a new episode. So we will see you very soon with another episode. Okay, see you guys. <laughs>